0: You're listening to the Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am.
1: Uh, Welcome to another week of the Perth Property Show. My name is Trent Fleskins, your host as always. Every week, we get Perth's number one experts in their field into the studio to chat about their relevant industry topic. Today, we're talking depreciation reports. Have you got one? What is it? To help us through with this conversation, we've got CBRE's Valuations Managing Director, Mike Valletta. Mike, thanks for coming in. Thanks Trent, good to be here again this morning. Mike, let's kick it off. Let's start with what is a depreciation report and what is depreciation?
2: Look, Trent, initially depreciation schedules most commonly used to lower property investors tax liability. Investors can typically claim between two to four percent of their purchase price in the first full year. So that generally relates to the new product. But the depreciation schedules that we provide um, through CBRE is effectively 40 years forecast in terms of the life of a residential investment property.
1: And depreciation itself, let's strip it back even further. What's going on there? Why are we getting a depreciation report? What's the ideology behind depreciation on a house?
2: Yeah, look, obviously, apart from that, well, the tax benefits are significant, and mm. the number of people that actually don't utilise those tax benefits to the full uh, are significant. In fact, the majority would not use them and would not not understand how they work. Look, depreciation is a deterioration of an asset. Mm. In this case, the investment property, and we're talking about residential properties, so residential properties, and it's accepted by the ATO as a deduction to offset the tax payable on your assessable income.
1: Okay. So it's a, book, it's a book tax, really. It's not, it's not something we're paying an invoice for. It's an it's a understanding that our asset we've invested in is depreciating in value and writing that value down over time at a set rate. Absolutely.
2: And if you think about the income of a property and you're sort of trying to write things off along the way, um, depreciation is a classic It basically contributes to uh, negative gearing in many respects, Mm -hmm. and it contributes to the tax benefits of owning a residential investment property.
1: It could be a game changer, can't it? For those people on the borderline of neutral gearing, it can be a situation where on a cash flow level, you actually come out neutral or just positive. But when you add in the depreciation report and the benefits of that, you could actually be getting some tax back.
2: Absolutely, Trent. I mean, it's significant. And as I said earlier, earlier, a very small percentage of people actually use these depreciation reports. Hmm. But I can highly recommend them. Property investors can use depreciation as a non-cash expense and as a tax deduction. In other words, a depreciation report can save you money on your investment property.
1: As we said before, negative gearing is a situation we want to be in as a result of losing money yearly. Yep. But just to clear it up, by claiming depreciation through a depreciation report, we could be just assisting with that tax benefit whilst not actually losing money every year. Absolutely. It is
2: uh, in a negative gearing exercise. It obviously then becomes a, a loss to the investor, yep. which they then claim in return at the end of their financial year when they do their tax. So an example, we have a property that earns probably $40,000, we have an example here with us and um, depreciation prepared by CBRA reflects uh, without going through the ins and outs about $24,000 depreciation per year and when you sort of work that through the whole system uh, the saving to the investor between getting a depreciation schedule Generally between about five hundred and six dollars $600 to get a decent report. Okay. Yep. Is generally around about ten thousand dollars per year on the example I could certainly run through. But it is certainly worthwhile all residential investors looking into depreciation schedules as an option and discussing it with their accountants.
1: So let's flesh out that cost benefit. As you just mentioned, five, six hundred dollars, that's for a full report. You know, for example, your your guys, your quantity surveyors would be going out there listing a very detailed report for that five, six hundred dollars. You could get it cheaper, couldn't you? Well, like anything, you can get
2: anything cheaper, but when you talk about the saving of up to $10,000 or more per year, mm. you want to make sure that initial investment, which also is tax deductible, mm. is a worthwhile report and saving you a maximum in terms of your benefits to your personal investment.
1: That makes sense. So let's say it's a five $600 report. We can claim that as a taxable expense. So straight away, let's say if your effective tax rate is 30%, you're obviously getting around that $200 back as a tax benefit off of that price. And then Let's say the depreciation report provides for a $10,000 deduction every year. That could be two and a half, three, $3,500 in cash back to you every year. Obviously, it declines over time, but yes. that benefit yeah. should really be paying itself off straight away.
2: Well, the obvious benefit is a new product, mm. a new house built, a new apartment, maximum benefits at that point in time. And yep. they do diminish over time, but they do extrapolate out to be significant savings
1: to the property investor. So, Mike... Let's make it really clear. Let's let's put an example out. Use some round numbers. Yep. And get and put it out on the table. Okay. Um, property worth uh,
2: purchase price of eight hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Um It's generally obviously a higher end property, but yep. we we'll use that as an example. A, we're
1: buying, buying a brand new house in Wembley. Yep. Okay. So as an investment property. As an investment property. Yes. Yep. So I'm
2: not sure if too many investors of the owner a market, but this example. Uh, let's just say our income's forty thousand per annum. Our gross rent on that. Are we getting back forty thousand? Um, the depreciation schedule we prepared uh, reflected about twenty four thousand dollars per annum in the initial years okay. as a uh, deduction for the investor.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, taxable income then is forty thousand less the twenty four thousand. All of a sudden, it's sixteen thousand dollars that you're earning net in that particular investment on but the, the difference- book,
1: even though that twenty four k wasn't actually coming out of your bank account. Correct.
2: There's no cost to you in that respect. It's yep. basically the inspections done by a residential property expert, be a valuer or a quantity surveyor. Who then prepares a report for you as the investor and as you extrapolate that through obviously there's some tax uh, brackets so we can't really run through that example because it's different it, for everyone correct, in what bracket is. they're in correct Whether
1: if, if this is your only, if you're a retiree this is your only income you may be paying no tax anyway yep however yep. if you're on a quarter of a million dollars a year this could be a massive benefit it could be yep. ten eleven thousand dollars yep. in cash back to you
2: yep regardless it's an investment it's yep. a saving yep uh it's a tax benefit and it's one that we as West Australians need to really sort of look into a little harder.
1: Mike, thanks a lot for your time. Hopefully, we can have you in again soon. Thanks, Trent. Okay. So, for today's Suburb Spotlight, we are on location in Carafa. I'm very, very proud to say that I'm sitting in the boardroom of Rob Slater-owned Pilbara Real Estate. I'm here talking to, obviously, Mr. Carafa. Rob Slater, thanks very much for uh, giving us your time and showing me around the town throughout the day.
0: That's quite all right, Trent. Thanks for making the effort to come up. and Flights aren't cheap to get up here, but... Uh... You know, you missed a cyclone by seven days, so you're you're lucky.
1: I consider myself very lucky. When we drive around today, and you see every second verge filled with palm trees and other types of foliage, where people have been working their butt off for the last week just to get things back on the ground, and you can understand the lifestyle people are sometimes uh, up for when they're when they're living up in the uh, Iron Ore region.
0: We dodged a bullet. You know, Headland copped it a lot more than we did because they were were on the the eastern side of the eye of the cyclone. Uh, So they had a lot more damage, a lot more flooding. And what that means in real estate is insurance and property maintenance.
1: Yeah, we've spoken about insurance today and obviously being up in, in the region, insurance will be higher. But at the same time, that's offset by some pretty amazing yields that are still happening in places like Caratha given the price difference we've had so maybe we can start off like we always do start from the past and work forward and maybe we'll crack on with getting a history from you a little bit of a history lesson on your town Caratha and how it started and where we are today Caratha's
0: uh, the whole base of it was iron ore coming out from hammersley hammersley ranges and getting trained up to dampier and loaded onto ships and that was in the, in the 60s. Dampier just had their 50-year um, anniversary, uh, I think, two years ago. Um, so that sort of gives you a nature of a very young town. But Caratha um, was formed a few years after Dampier as a service centre because Dampier is landlocked. Caratha was a service centre for you know, expanding shopping centres and, and uh, you know, the services, everything
1: up here. It's hard to imagine a place in Australia being landlocked, isn't it? But when you when you walk outside town and you look over across the damper, you can see this. It's quite a mountainous range that locks you into that port.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, a lot of people they I, I take them out there and they they literally tell me that it just looks like people have dumped rocks on a hill. And if if you've ever seen the northwest shelf or around the borough, I mean, it's just amazing to look at. It's rugged beauty but you look at it and it's like it's like nothing you've seen before
1: yeah and obviously Karatha much more f- flat land a little lower lower lying so there are regions that we I guess we should speak about that are more prone to flood zones and regions that are less and that would affect property prices here wouldn't it things that we don't have to really consider in Perth
0: definitely i mean certainly the lower um, lower levels, um, you know, if you do a development on a lower level, it's going to cost you another 80 grand because you need to put the fill in. And also when there's cyclones, the, you know, the, the higher levels of insurance as well.
1: Okay. So let's fast forward to today. We, Most of us, I guess, in Perth would know what happened in Karratha. We spoke about it with uh, your counterpart, I guess, in being Rick Hockey last week for Headland. The story is pretty similar, isn't it, in the last 10 years? These days, how's life in Carrafa? What sort of people, compared to ten years ago, maybe, are buying property in Carrafa?
0: The majority of buyers at the moment are owner occupiers with families and young kids, because people come up here with a one or a two year plan, meet someone, maybe have kids, and the demographics are changing. And you know, it's it's more about the families, and there's good schools. Like up here, you've got the Bank and pump track. It was the the second only pump track in Australia, you don't have to pedal; you just pump it around. So Corp have dumped uh, quite a bit of dollars into the, into the region to make it livable. And um, you know, it's, I've got a toddler, and the amount of mothers' groups, and being a young family up here is—it's just the quality of life's good. Ten years ago, guess what? It was all investors. Everyone was chasing a you know 10 to 12 percent return. 78 percent of the the Caratha rate roll in 2011 was investors and you can think about it you know christmas comes everyone gets the hell out of town there's no christmas lights no pageants whereas now that you know with the markets and people people are buying the houses going to the nursery buying plants doing up the house and this is it it's a normal town it's taken 50 years to get there
1: well we were just saying we're having lunch at the pilgrim bakery uh and you were just saying look this is the first time we got this, this baker and he came in a year ago the butchers just come in and i was flabbergasted to hear that these fairly remedial services i guess services that everyone should expect in a small town uh, are only really just started to be invested in And you made a really good point and you said trent if people can come up here and make twice the money as a technician or a storeman or something else for for one of the mining or oil and gas companies well, they take that risk and invest in a town that really is quite transient. But things are starting to change, isn't it? People people are investing in small business and therefore investing in the town.
0: The town and everything about it is getting more more in-depth. It's it's more dimension. It's not just a worker town here and a bit of FIFO. You either work for Rio Tinto or Woodside or Yarra. You know, there's a lot more to it now. It's getting a lot deeper and there's a lot of exciting things on the horizon, so... The uh, fertiliser stuff, methanol, um, another iron ore mine, Bala Bala, Woodside want to do hydrogen. The stuff is mind boggling and at the moment it's the sixth largest economy in Australia. Kick off a few of those major projects that are only talked about now, that, You know, it's incredible.
1: Yeah, I think the, the interesting... Mm point to talk about in terms of dynamics you you, you know you you really focused on there is that the family vibe is coming back to town so as a percentage basis 10 years ago the investor percentage of people you said was in the 70s now what is it now
0: difficult to say what it is now but i mean every sale i do and for the last sort of three years you'd have five investors for every hundred sales
1: yeah there you go and that's a reality and i think a big reason for that and you, you've explained this as well, is access to cash and liquidity, especially for an investment loan. A lot of the banks, they're not allowing you to use rent as part of your equation, are they?
0: Look, that's it. Not only that, a lot of people are over-investing because <laughs> there's always maintenance, there's always something going wrong. And up here, it's a harsher living. An aircon might last four years. And there's a lot more money that needs to be put back into a house. So, you know, a lot of people are just had enough cut and run and yep. uh, new investors are getting in. Um, well,
1: obviously people over the last 10 years have, have been burnt a lot from that massive drop that we saw from the boom. And that's the reality, we, people have lived through that. And what we're seeing now, it seems to be a changing of the guard of, I always say the smart money moves first and that smart money comes from the people with the inf- with the first level of information. And those people are the locals, the ones who are here are going, look, that house was a million dollars five, six years ago. We can buy this massive four by two with all the things we need. It's a six-year-old house for four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. What a bargain! Uh, and when you've got people like Brendan Ptolemy, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, talking about places like Carathor and Hedland, and saying specifically that Carathor bottomed out a year and a half ago and has had a ten percent rise since then. Clearly, people are starting to get a little bit more confidence. And and you were saying that to me today as well. Is that we hit that bottom? You call it a bottom bottom. Uh, you know, around that 2017 end of 2017 mark. So you you saw it on the ground too.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, you know when the market improves when you start getting multiple offers, and that that is a clear sign. I've seen it twice in my real estate career in 16 years. As soon as you get multiple offers, you're below market, and that's when people the buyers start realising that, and then they put in prices above asking. It's basically, it's compelling.
1: I always go back to demand versus supply. And um, we spoke about it at the uh, market update last night. Essentially, there is no supply, no more supply coming into Karratha. Uh, and that is because we are under replacement value. Unlike a property that you could build in Perth, maybe $250,000. It costs half a million dollars to build that same house up here, just because of the location and the issues to, to build a house. And when properties are selling for three hundred and fifty. Uh, $400,000, you know, in those sort of ranges, there's no incentive to build and therefore there's no incentive to increase supply, is there? Not yet. <laughs> that is, that is a, I guess, a, a, a boon for for the investor, though, looking to get in, understanding that until we get to replacement value, we are in an undervalued market where the price of those properties should continue to get closer to that equilibrium.
0: Look, uh, the build, build costs have, have come down a little bit, but... You know, you got to think about it. Caratha and the Pilbara's got the highest building code in the country, a lot more than Queensland, more than Darwin. Well,
1: obviously, for what happened last week.
0: Nothing happened last week. <laughs> we got off lightly. That's the thing. Look at Cyclone Vance and things like that that really wiped people out. But uh, you know, we're two days uh, freight to get up here, uh, and um, you know, look, everyone's everything's more expensive. Yeah. So, look, the bottom line that I see. An average house in Perth's, um, you know, five hundred grand. Up here at the moment, it's about three eighty. Yeah.
1: oh, it's moved, hasn't it?
0: That, that that's my calculations of it. But yep. real realistically, an average house up here should be more than an average in Perth. Yep. One, you're getting paid more up here. Secondly, the building costs are more. Geographically, uh, further, it makes sense.
1: Well, yeah, and there's no more supply coming on, so that demand level should always be outstripping supply. Let's move on to, uh, we, you just started talking about it then with an easy segue into price points. Uh, can, we, can we go through what it would cost uh, to buy a, a, an apartment in Karatha at the one by one, two by one level? And then can we step through you know, to a three by one on some land, a four by two, and then how expensive is it actually getting in Karatha right now?
0: A one bedroom apartment, in Pulago, which is a Finbar product,
1: we can look at it across the road.
0: Absolutely, and I've sold heaps of them on Adelaide Terrace years ago, yep. and I've even bought some. I had one on Times Two, one forty-eight yep. Adelaide Terrace, so I'm familiar with the product. It's an average product, and that's it. But you pick one up here for two hundred eighty to three hundred thousand dollars. Mm. It during the boom, we sold them from five fifty to six forty.
1: How about those two by ones we were looking at today? That one was going for one hundred and ninety nine.
0: Yeah, I mean the fifth. Uh, it's similar size product, 50, 54 square meters. Uh, yeah, one hundred ninety five thousand dollars. A little bit
1: further out from town, but in the suburbs.
0: Rents out at four fifty. It's not too bad. Yep. You know, like you, what, if you're in Perth and you're getting four fifty for a one bedroom apartment in the city, I mean you'd be paying anywhere from three fifty to four
1: hundred. Three by ones, four by twos around here. What are we paying?
0: A three by one, which I've got an offer on right now at 285, and hopefully we close it at 290. Look, the top end, the top end at the moment is in the mid 600s, um, and that that'll be a big four two plus theater, separate living, garage, pool. You have to have a pool up here.
1: Big shed. Seems like a shed is a is a uh, mandatory feature you know, in a house that's going to sell.
0: A big shed is ideal, but what? You've got to understand the fundamentals of Australian property block sizes getting smaller and smaller and smaller in the 60s, they were all bigger than a 1,000 square metres. The new estate, Bainton West, I think the average there is about 580, and this is in a regional town. 580 or 600 square metres in a regional town, you think you could at least go 800.
1: Yeah. They're about 370 in Perth these days, so if, you might still have a bit of space for those new sheds. And, but We we, look, we looked at a few places today, didn't we, and they had sheds, and the guys go straight out there to have a look how big they can fit their boat or uh, motorbikes or cars or whatnot, and it's a reality. It might be a stereotype, but the stereotype reflects reality up here is that when you're up here, you want to make sure you're enjoying your life.
0: Yes, I mean, the small boat ownership is massive. You know, people have got campers. I, look, I never thought I would have bought a camper trailer and... The last show that we had up here, I ended up buying one. It <laughs> was the most expensive show in my whole life. Well, I think you told me uh, in the,
1: this, this morning that Caratha has got the highest boat per person ratio in the country.
0: Yes, I mean, look, some people got two boats. <laughs> and that's when you've got a boat for the creek to get mud crabs and barramundi. Uh, I still haven't caught a barrow in eight years. Okay, um, And then a bigger boat to go out and catch your Spanish mackerel, but Red is number one. wow
1: we're going to do a a massive segue now into a a topic that we always talk about however I think will be a little bit uh, off topic today and that is development opportunities are there many opportunities in Carather or given the massive cost of building compared to what the prices are right now is it pretty dead right now in, in the development space
0: yeah the last development was 2014 and that developer unfortunately went under so, look, there's, there's always opportunities. It just means you really need to land bank it until prices come up.
1: Well, I've heard two stories in the last 24 hours of people buying, whether it's off an owner or off a mining company, massive numbers of properties in the same purchase. Just a just that, we were talking to last night, 32 apartments for $1.2 million. There seems to be opportunities here where if you might not be actually making and doing a development, you could be buying a development at wholesale and then splitting it up. Uh, you know, reverse engineering it. Do many of those options come up where you can buy multiple properties on the same title or in the same purchase?
0: You know, in the last couple of years, there's been a few good opportunities, but you know, it's rare. It's rare to see that. Like what I took you today, 16 units on one title. The guys had it more than 12 months. It's already gone up. Um, uh, more than 10%.
1: But he's selling these off individually, right? That's it. $200,000 a pop, that's 3.2 mil. He bought it for 1.7 mil Doubling. just over a year ago. Pretty good deal for a place where everyone thinks it's too risky to pop your head in.
0: It is. And that's the thing, you know, like, you know, everyone buys together, everyone sells together. So if you if you buy when everyone's been fearful, Warren Buffett, yeah. you know, and this guy stood out and he did it.
1: So... But, but he
0: understands the region that's the difference that's
1: okay you've got to come up here don't you You really have to understand the dynamics the difference uh, at one point we were driving down the road today and you said that house absolutely fantastic uh you know nine hundred thousand dollars there uh really good good area here in in banjan I, I don't think we turn more than two corners and then you were showing me some places where knockdown, down knock down knock down you really can't just go and look at a map on Google Maps and pick a property.
0: No, and look, saying that, um, there was investors that bought um, in places like Roburn and that, and they that, that, that's, that's a challenge. That, that's all I can say. It's a challenge. And even investors that bought and they still haven't seen their property, uh, one investor paid $800,000 for a property. We're lucky to get three fifty for it now, and they're angry. You know, they're, they're well, they're not
1: doing their due diligence, though. They're getting on the horse. They're, it's the fear of missing out, and they were the last to jump in and the, the first to feel the pain.
0: Well, I think they paid $800,000 for, for a property, and it's not giving them the return they want. And they're, and, you know, I understand they are being upset, but they really need to get up here, have a look at what they look uh, As an investor, you, you need to be responsible. You need to come up and look at your product.
1: Final question for this segment, Rob, and I ask the number one agent of their suburb every week this question. We've broached it just before. What's the median house price of your area? And if you had that money in your pocket to spend today, you had to buy something today, what would you buy?
0: I'd buy this 3x2 that I'm selling at the moment that will close at 3 to 25, and I'd spend some money on it and turn it into a 4x2 and do it up because I just sold one similar with one less bedroom, um, for four forty-five.
1: Is that easy enough to do? Get a little bit of renovation done, and, and I guess you're focusing on the yield of the bedrooms.
0: Yield on the bedroom, but also adding value. Value adding, you know. I think, um, you know, if you know what you're doing, um, you can definitely do it. But you know, you don't want to rush it, and you want to do do your due diligence.
1: Rob, thanks a lot for letting me into your world in Karatha for hosting me and, and looking after a property enthusiast for his, in his first time in Karatha. We've got a special uh, uh, way to finish off today's episode, and that is with a young lad who's written into the show. His name's Chris. So, hello, Chris. Thanks for writing in. Chris has just bought his first house, so I thought... For someone uh, with your experience in both Perth and Karratha, you, you might get some good information out of uh, the two of us putting our heads together. Chris has uh, said, Trent and Co., thanks a lot. Love the show. Sharing it with all our mates. Thank you. Keep doing that. He's, just, he's 23 years old and he's just bought his first house in Lansdale. Proud of the fact that he bought it for 480 when the previous owner paid 542. He doesn't want to live there forever. He's got a plan that he wants to get closer down the train line, towards the uh, Sterling area in the next five to seven years. But obviously saving for that next deposit and getting uh, up that property ladder is something that is not the easiest thing to, to plan. What is our advice or recommendations on how he should get to that next level in his property journey when he already has this first existing property?
0: Well done. Well done for saving holding out and getting into property. well, well done mate. that's uh, awesome. it's good that your attitude's positive and you're on the right track. Look it's different sort of to, to make judgment on you know what he's making, what his budget is. Uh, you know any, any extra savings good um, but uh, you know also adding value is going to spend some money as well. So it's a bit of an oxymoron to save money but you're going to spend some money on. Uh, Well, that's investing,
1: isn't it, at the end of the day? You have to invest money to make money. Yeah. So whether it's on your current house or it's uh, managed funds uh, or even family guarantees. He's a young lad. He's obviously shown the ability to save up. Maybe he's proven to his parents and hopefully his parents in a position where maybe they can assist with helping him get that security for a first investment outside of the land sale home he's bought.
0: Yeah, look, there's plenty of opportunities and look, I had two real good runs in Perth, one in Willerton, one in South Perth. And if you can get the cheapest property in a decent location, you're doing well. And it's always that location, location. I bought my last house in Perth, which I don't have now, Dougal Sav, South Perth. Got a, got a good deal. Um, and that, that sort of product is, it's always in demand.
1: So when you eventually have that cash, or even if you're not sure if you have enough yet. Probably go and see a broker just to figure out how close you are to that next deal. You probably might be underestimating uh, how, how close you are to getting that next property. And always make sure that you're getting that Lansdale property revalued. Uh, it's a game with the banks in terms of what the book value is. So if you can get a good valuation on the books, soak up a bit of that equity, put a bit of cash into it. Maybe even if you went on a 10% deposit, uh, if, if you could see it as a business case to pay that LMI quicker you can get back onto that property ladder in a good area where there might be some land as Rob was speaking of before. Land always appreciates, houses depreciate. Quicker you can get onto that side, uh, that, would, that would probably be of assistance.
0: Look, the only other thing I can add, as you go closer to the city, you're going to get a smaller block. And look, you may end up with a two by one villa in Yokine. That, that could be the next step for you. And, and look, everything in life, and especially in real estate, is a trade-off, unless you got stacks and stacks of cash. So if you're coming from Lansdale with, you know, 480, somewhere in that, that ballpark, get into Yocon uh, at that level, or everything will be a bit smaller and a bit older, and then you value add from there.
1: Rob, thanks very much for participating, for helping out with uh, Chris's aspirations, and Hopefully we can have a chat, whether it's back in the studio in Perth or up here again for an update on how Parath is going in the near future. That's all right. Thanks for coming, Trent.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!